0: It's showtime. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people.
1: You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Washington is fundamentally corrupt. There are more words in the IRS code than there are in the Bible.
0: made in america heard around the world you're listening to blunt force truth i'm chuck woolery along with my co-host and he's back yes he's back dr it's mark gone for months it seems like seems like right? seems like months since i've talked to you but I'm i know not, it's only and, been a couple of weeks but it seems like months
2: and i miss it i gotta tell you I, yeah. I i miss not having my 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 chuck time
0: that's it That's you know, I've, I've, rec- I've decided of on
2: time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've decided to jump right in the middle of this thing and, and realize that uh, Washington is the capital of the United States. It's where our government resides. It's the only place I know where you are applauded for lies and pillared for the truth. It is just amazing, and and they want and they want to talk to us about disinformation when they just operate on it all the time. It is. It is When you really back off and look at it, it is truly amazing the wealth of lies that are thrown out to the American people every day by presidents, by cabinet members, by the media backing them up. And the media has decided who's going to run for president. They've decided on how you're going to think about him, whoever it is. Joe Biden is a hero, and Donald Trump is a dump. So, you know, Joe
2: Biden's most successful president in modern history, Chuck, he's created 13 and a half million jobs,
0: which brings us right back to he's Atlanta lowered inflation after uh or uh, before COVID. So, uh, interestingly enough, real clear politics. <laughs> I hate these polls because you know they're <laughs> wrong, but I gotta is it I've real? Gotta is it clear? But it is politics. So. Yeah. so, they have Joe Biden beating Trump by two nationally and beating uh desantis by four nationally yeah that's at the moment you know and we you know how you can trust those polls there's
2: another poll out that actually shows that if the poll is between biden trump and neither yeah biden is at 32 trump's at 34 and neither was at 33
0: mm-hmm well, you know, I don't believe that either. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's... Although I what's, think that was closer to reality. Maybe, but here's the deal. The media has taught us through, through the Democrat Party who to hate, who to like. And I'm just not talking about uh, politics, but uh, also, I mean, we're supposed to hate... Uh, black people are supposed to hate white people, white supremacy, and white people are supposed to hate black people. So they promoted this all the time while saying they're bringing the country together, which I mean it is just the opposite of what they tell you
2: it is all the nothing time. more than back to united we stand divided we fall exactly. it's simple, isn't it? And they understand that division is the is the easiest way to break the country down and to gain control
0: And so you go to MSNBC, you go to to uh, CNN and uh, and freedom, what was it, freedom of speech someplace in between Newsmax and uh, and uh, First, the First. There's a little uh, thing in between there called free speech TV. It's just anything but. <laughs> I mean, it's just astounding.
2: Well, yeah. The, well, with the left, you can pretty much assume that whatever they call something is the opposite. Whatever exactly. they say you are doing is probably what they are doing. This is how they work. And to get back to what you said Chuck, we are now we we have gone beyond the point of discouraging the truth, we now prosecute the truth. I know. It's Look, like,
0: yeah, you know, if you the tell the truth in Washington guy? it's a mistake.
2: There is there is enough whistleblowers on Hunter Biden right now that we could repopulate the Mormon Tabernacle choir. <laughs>
0: yes but they're all you know they're all not not trustworthy according to the democrats
2: they're all not trustworthy the people who love whistleblowers now say the whistleblowers are, are just bad people and we now know that the whistleblowers are being are being disciplined and punished for coming forward now we remember remember vindman Oh yeah, sure he was a hero, right?
0: Because, Colonel Venman or Major Venman, whatever he was, he was yeah, saying, whatever his name uh, is, but yeah, he Ukrainian. was a hero. When yeah. he
2: came forward and and supposedly was ratting out Donald Trump, but now when an FBI agent an IRS agent, one of these agents that actually has value, and and again, folks understand do I believe the IRS is corrupt? Yes. Is the is the FBI corrupt? Yes. Is the DOJ corrupt? Yes. Is everyone in those organizations corrupt? No. Not everyone who works at the FBI is corrupt. I have friends at the FBI that are great agents that just want to do a good job.
0: You know, we say this over and over again, but they take their orders from headquarters. So, you know, the guys who really want to do a good job have no chance. It's interesting
2: because... You know uh, I've had a, a a friend of ours who's been on here several times who recently retired from the FBI and he was he was a boss, mm-hmm. and he and I' spent time together and we've had dinners together and he's flat out told me that at the moment in his career he that he regrets he said that that he regrets the fact that he climbed the ladder in the FBI and his his point was, when you're a field agent and you're out on the street and you're trying to do the job, you're probably, your, your head is probably in the right place.
0: And you can breathe.
2: And he said, as soon as you decide you want to be a SAC, like special agent in charge or above that, he says, you've made a decision. You made a decision to stop being a law enforcement officer and you made a decision to be a politician. And he goes, as you climb that ladder, you keep giving up pieces and pieces and pieces of yourself every time to get further up that ladder.
0: let me let me interject something. This also happens in all of the military, all of it. There are some generals who really maintain their generalship uh, and and uh, what they're doing, their authority, and everything That's else. Like, and Mike, Mike, like like a Mike Flynn. Like Mike Flynn. There are other generals who do nothing more than graduate, graduate, graduate until they become part of the bureaucracy instead of the the military. Thoroughly
2: modern millie. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Thoroughly modern millie.
2: So, so his whole point on this is, he said, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have become a boss. He said because, looking back, I now, I now have to, I now understand, looking back, that. I had to become corrupt, and I had to be part of the corruption to get my next promotion. So he's—he's he's literally admitted I was—I was part of the problem. Well, now in his defense, he's now started a new career trying to call out the FBI, and I think he's just kind of in a mode of of repentance for. Have
0: you ever known? Have you ever known or heard of an agency that was pro-republican? Uh, No
2: Why is that they don't exist? Let me give you an example. You guys are familiar with uh, the NLB National Labor Relations Board, right? Mm -hmm. So the NLB just to give you one example of one group the NLB's job Is to make sure that the rules of employment is fair for the for the business and for the employee Okay, yes, sounds like a good idea does but let's talk about how the NLB is put together. Okay, so all the investigators in the NLB and all the people who work there are members of SEIU. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they're, they're communists, basically.
2: <laughs> so they are all members of a highly Marxist union. Their job, their job is to determine whether companies are treating unions fairly. Okay, so we're going to take members of the union, and we're going to give them the authority to decide whether non-union companies should become union and whether union companies are treating unions fairly. Now, this gets better. Let's say that your company gets charged, and I've been through this. That's why I know this so well. Your company gets charged with being non-union. Okay, so you say, I don't believe this. I want my day in court. Well, guess what? Your day in court is put in front of what's called an administrative law judge who's a member of SEIU. What is that acronym? Service Employees something? Yeah, International Union. It's the Federal Employees
0: oh, Union. So as a kid, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about politics or anything else, but I had, my dad had a friend of his named John Beckwith. And John owned the b supermarket in Huntington, West mm-hmm. Virginia, which was the seventh largest independent market at the time in the United States. And he was very, very successful. And the unions were after him. all. The, I, I just remember him saying, having conversations with my dad, talking about, uh, damn, unions trying to organize my people, and they're not going to run my business. And, uh, I mean, it was just, you know, it would destroy his business, and he knew it. So this is my example. We have a federal agency
2: that is in charge of determining if unions and business are functioning fairly. And they're all part of the union. And they're all a member of the union. <laughs> and the, the administrative law judges that hear the cases are in the union.
0: Well, we've What's been told. What's odds on a fair trial? Speaking of unions, SAG and AFRA. Oh yeah, you guys
2: are all on strike, aren't you? I, you yes. Know, I, have a, I have an aftercard. Should I be out picketing myself? Absolutely.
0: I have. I have a, <laughs> sagging after the same today. It's not. There's not any difference like they're used. Yeah.
2: To can you give here. me a picket sign so yeah. I can hold it up yeah, here? You well, just,
0: you just run out in front of your business and and do it. And then uh, and what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Barry Diller came on. He said, "You know, this is the end of the world." Uh, this is the end of, uh, Mm -hmm. Hollywood. It's all going to dissolve. Well, and, and three people behind him were applauding (laughs) (laughs) while others were, you know, hanging their head in shame. Here's the deal. When you see these guys on strike, it doesn't really affect them so much. I'll tell you who it affects. It affects the people who feed them on set. It affects the hairdressers. It affects the wardrobe people. artists. So they go out That's on strike right. and they put everybody that works for them out of a job, basically. And here's, you know. here's where the risk is. This is. Let me tell you where these people
2: have really screwed up. I can program Chat GPT to write a sitcom. Right. I mean, seriously, you can you could you could go to Chat GPT and say write me a write me a show about two characters with this name.
0: You know, I just I, it reminds me of something. This reminds me of something I've thought, but I haven't said out loud, I don't think. Uh, I'm old, so sometimes I forget, and forgive me if I have. If you get rid of of the F word in scripts, you don't have a movie. (laughs) I mean, because it's like half gone. Now, speaking of
2: that, before we get to our guest, I want to bring up a movie. I want to bring up the movie Sound of Freedom. Have you
0: seen this yet? No, but I hear it's just killing everything, Indiana Jones along with it. And I understand it beat Mission Impossible last weekend. Is that? Yeah, tra- it, yeah it's mm-hmm. tracked over
2: 100
1: million now. And that's with no advertising behind <clears> it. it. Zero advertising. Self, you know. yeah.
2: So it is a great movie. We went to see it. Uh, I'll tell you how surprising it was, Chuck. We went on a Wednesday night, It was the audience was still fairly full in the, in the theater. And keep in mind, it's beating his other movies with like 2,500 fewer screens. Yep,
1: And that's in the smallest of the theaters.
2: In the- so the theater had lots of people in it. At the end of the movie, the audience was applauding the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. How
2: often do you go to a movie where you see the audience clap at the end of the movie?
0: I'm going to guess, I don't know this, but I'm going to guess the, pr- the production value on it is very high. Production value is, is on par. Because usually these movies come along and the production value is not very good.
2: Correct. This has... I, it's not, I'm not going to say it's amazing, but I'm going to say the production values is on par with any major movie or television show. So the production is good, yeah. the directing is excellent, and the acting is excellent. There are There are these two small children in here, these two kids who barely ever speak, little boy and little girl that barely ever speak. And they are brilliant actors just with their eyes and their face and their and their physical actions.
0: That so they got will, a good director.
2: Yeah, that will there's a little boy in this who who never speaks and you will fall in love with him in the movie and he never says anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Chris and I are gonna go next, maybe tomorrow, as a matter of fact, we have a meeting with someone and I think we're gonna to go to the movie and see that.
2: So the so, movie is worth seeing. I wanna tell you that. And here's the thing, the movie is now being told, we're now being told that it is this right wing, conservative, <laughs> super dad uh, yeah. fantasy movie
0: mm-hmm.
2: trying to sound an alarm over a situation that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. So, so my, so my
2: question is, when did it become a political issue to be against child sex trafficking? When, when well, did that become a, a side? When does anyone go on the side of being pro-child sex trafficking? Because that's where the Democratic Party is right now. Yeah. I mean, how messed up is this? So I, I ask you a the question. There's only two people have been asking me, why is the why is the left so after this movie? There's only two reasons I've been able to come up with. I'd be interested in getting yours. Mine has been, one, Ah, uh, Jim Caviezel's in the movie, and Angel Studios put it out. So we can't have a Christian studio and a Christian prime, you know.
0: It's outside the mainstream of Hollywood. That's why it's it's just like you know. If you have to put it in perspective, quite frankly, it's just like Trump. They don't belong. But Trump doesn't belongs. Reason, the other reason I think the left
2: is after it so much is because the primary driver. So the United the movie shows how the United States is the primary consumer. Of of
0: sex slaves, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to hear that.
2: The movie demonstrates how that is possible by having an open border, and
0: the Democrats definitely don't want to hear that. And they that's why, and they. some Republicans too. But I think that's one of the prime reasons they're against
2: us because this is made possible by Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get picky, Joe Biden is the leader of child sex trafficking and all sex trafficking because he's the reason you can cross the border with with cargo, with cargo trucks full of sex slaves right now.
0: And also they're finding Chinese spies are coming in now too. Oh, come on. That was just today, I think, or yesterday. They
2: cut off the Chinese spies. (laughs) Who's Swalwell going to date? You can't cut this
0: off. (laughs) yeah
2: i mean yeah. him and fang fang aren't a thing anymore so he needs a new squeeze so Do you know that adam is such a bigot chuck
0: you know that adam schiff has raised more money to run for the senate in california than donald trump or George Santos. i mean these people are just i'm not surprised minds. by you. well chuck, you uh
2: you in your infinite
0: wisdom wisdom mm-hmm.
2: uh <laughs> Came to us here at the lowly staff
0: at Blunt Force Truth
2: and oh, said, Stop. <laughs> Chuck said, Get me an expert
0: on ESG. I believe that's. Well, it. I've been taking ESG for about, I don't know, three years now, and it hasn't changed. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, well, you know, but this is, by the way, this is true. These things like. Uh, esg and dfi and all all of these little alphabet things people just they it might as well be a vitamin they have no idea what the hell they're talking about so you said i want an expert on esg i didn't say it like that
2: it might have been g you might have had the butler call us <laughs> a did. lot of times you just use to have the butler call us to tell us occasionally that's, yeah, occasionally that's true so Jeeves had called and said, right. Mr. Woolery requests the services of an ESG expert on Blunt Force Truth. Do it. Do it, Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. So um, we found an expert on ESG. Our expert is Scott Shepard. Scott's a friend of the podcast. He's been with us before. And Scott is the director. Scott is the na- at the National Center as well as the director of the National Center of the Free Enterprise Project. Scott has taught at law schools. I'm assuming he's a recovering attorney. He was at Wake Forest, <laughs> North Carolina, Wilmette University College of Law in Oregon. He has authored a number of textbooks, wills, trusts, estates in context. He previously served as policy director with the Yankee Institute in Connecticut. Now I now that sounds very American. I like that like something called the Yankee Institute. That seems very positive. And he earned his Juris Doctorate from the University of Virginia. I have to ask you a question now.
1: Scott, I wanna ask a question real quick. Are you on Twitter? Do you, you do Twitter much? I'm, I'm not. I've got the problem of the evil of being a lawyer. So I don't wanna to add to that evil by being on Twitter.
2: Mm-hmm. It's funny because there's this, now there's this trend on Twitter that if you put doctor in your name on Twitter and I have a lot of doctor friends who are on Twitter, some of them are MDs, DOs, PhDs. I mean, um, amazing researchers. Everyone on Twitter is told they're a fake doctor.
1: You're not a real doctor. I mean, well, it, if, look, if Mrs. Jill Biden, oh, I mean, doctors. are real Biden. doctor. That's right. If she counts as a doctor, I think we can all count as a doctor. If you've <laughs> ever been near a university, you're a doctor. If you've ever misused an old person, you're a doctor. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Chuck likes to refer
2: to himself as Doctor Pepper sometimes. That's yes, right, I am
0: Doctor Pepper.
1: So, uh, so, well,
0: I live in Texas, and that's where Doctor Pepper originated. So, I am Doctor Pepper. So, it, here's the deal: we're talking about ESG. Yes, most people have no idea what this is, uh how how detrimental it is to our society. Uh, I've noticed that BlackRock. Is a big investor in ES, ESG and so is, is it Vanguard? Is the other multi trillion dollar one? Uh, starts with a V, I think. And let me Black
2: back Rock- up and tell people ESG stands for Environment Social
1: Governance Factors,
0: yes, because the environment Stop. is Go so ahead. social,
1: yes. Well, I mean, that's what it stands for. What these idiots at BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard will tell you is. We're just—they—they've also called—they got stakeholder capitalism. Capitalism is for everybody now, I and mean, they—we're going to do these things. We're going to make corporations do things that are just good for everybody. Yeah. Well, if everybody agreed about anything, we wouldn't have such a divided polity. So the idea that you can do anything for all stakeholders is immediate nonsense. But then it turns out what they mean by social is primarily discrim- primarily discrimination on the basis of equity, right? You know, equity means. Uh, discriminating now to make up for other discrimination in the past until you get equalities of outcomes. So it's racism to get social. So that
2: is literally the concept of two wrongs to make a right.
1: That's right. That's so here's,
0: right. The, here's the thing that I wanted to point out. Uh, BlackRock, to my knowledge, has never advertised until lately. So why well, is this? It's the, everywhere we, right now. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to clean up their act. And convince you that there's something that they're not now i haven't seen any vanguard ads but i've seen a lot of blackrock ads
1: well you know larry fink was just being interviewed a a week or two ago and he said he first said he was ashamed to be involved with esg uh and he didn't want to use that term anymore he wanted to use the term conscientious capital (laughs) technical reasons why he has to get away from esg because he's been He's been uh, providing material disinformation to his investors by forcing companies to do ESG stuff, even with assets not in ESG funds. But, of course, who can object if he says he's just being conscientious and it's still just his hard left wing politics. He thinks nobody's going to be able to object. But And he handles exactly people right about the advertising. They're just using that. That's another way to try to hide the fact that these guys want to go to Davos every winter, go from there. Their mansions to their uh, limousines, take their private jets to the top of the world in the middle of the winter to stay in a well-heated a luxury hotel, eat Wagyu beef, and tell the rest of us that we have to get oh, to the back God. of the bus. Come on, Scott. where where our carbon footprints. That's what they're I,
2: I like Wagyu beef, Scott, especially the A5. You want to <laughs> back off a little bit on that?
1: <laughs> 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 I like it, too, but I don't want to have to be told for the rest of my life by these billionaires that I can occasionally get hamburger, but mostly bug meat. while they eat Wagyu beef and plan my future.
2: Now, just so you know, everybody, Wagyu beef at an A5 is what, about $25 an ounce, I think. So it's, it's a little pricey. Well, let's not get off the
0: subject. Anyway, okay, come on. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk, about, <laughs> let's let's talk on. about what we
2: were talking I want, about. I want to explain to people something. If you're if you're not if you're not part of the corporate world,
0: well, you also have to explain who BlackRock is because yeah. a lot of people don't know. A lot of people are attached to BlackRock because of their they don't even know it and they have no idea. But the first yeah. thing I want people to
2: understand is, if you run a corporation and your corporation takes in public money. So if you have a public corporation and people invest their hard-earned money, through, usually through their 401k and whatever the case is, the number one function of the people running those companies, and this, this is literally the moral fiduciary responsibility, their responsibility is to return profits to the investors. That's the job. The job is to get people a return on their investment. Scott, that's being thrown out the window now, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've got these giant investors who care about their political, personal policy preferences rather than maximizing returns for their investment. The people who invest at BlackRock, invest at State Street, invest at Vanguard. And then you've got CEOs of companies and Finally, it's starting to bite them fairly significantly, but you've got the C- CEOs of companies like Disney, like Target, like um, Anheuser-Busch, that care about political messages, being on the, the hard left side of everything, more than about uh, securing the best returns for their shareholders and, and the best returns for their companies. And um, and so the result is they've, uh, wow. Well, I mean, you were talking about the the, the writer's strike and the, the actor's strike earlier. You know you could fix the writer's strike in a day by telling these idiots hey try to write new scripts they keep writing this disney is collapsing because it writes the same script again and again with the ultra powerful girl boss who can do no wrong and all the men who are worthless and everything is uh is 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 race uh swapped and there's no interesting story and disney is turning itself into a world bestride from a world bestriding colossus into a little boutique for upper angry upper middle class women and their, their kids who are forced to go to those movies. Why and are they so, people you know, doing this? Why are they destroying yeah, CEOs that were running companies to maximize value again? Uh Disney would still be a colossus, but it wouldn't be turning out anything like it's turning out now. So have we now their just stock allowed, is way down. If we just allowed
2: <laughs> ideologues to rise up in the ranks of business the way we have in the universities and the government? Is that what's happening? That these are not business people, these are ideologues that have worked their way to the top?
1: Well, it's, that's a lot of it. And a lot of the reason is is the same. You know, 70, 80 years ago, the left started talking about a long march through the institution. But they were gonna go step-by-step step and take over the heights of American culture sure. and economics and everything else and took over schools and now schools, I mean higher education, and we've seen Loudoun County public education absolutely dominated by lunatic leftists who are who are who are not ACLU types, but trying to shut any speech that, that disagrees with them because they can't support their positions. And 40 years ago, they started the, the left took aim at corporations. And while we slept, they got their their minions at the top of these companies. And now they're doing the same that you were talking about uh Uh, Thoroughly modern Millie They're doing the same with the military Because corporations, the military With the last two bastions left
0: You know, the the Democrats treat the military Like a Petri dish They always have They just constantly try this and try that And they're always working experimental, Social experimental things So I'm watching C-SPAN On uh, Congress the other day Uh, Just I saw this woman, a black woman Who was outraged She obviously is a congressperson from someplace I don't know where and she is just outraged that someone said "colored people." And I thought, well, why are you outraged over colored people? Why, why would you be upset over saying "colored people"? Uh, what's it? Give me, give me the NAACP. What exactly is? is say that exactly. What's? <laughs> tell me what. it uh, is. Yeah,
2: says. National Association of Colored People for
0: the advancement for the advancement God. of colored people. So they say colored people in their own institutions. But to this woman, it was just way over the line, and it was racist, and she went on and on and on. And so the guy said, well, would you like for me to replace it with people of color? And she said, no, I want it stricken from the record. Because people of color is okay.
1: Well, yeah, people exactly. of color is required. Required to say people of color. You can't say color to- you, Bipoc, you know uh, what is it? Bipoc, uh, indigenous yes, indigenous and something I forget. Binary, non-binary, probably indigenous and people of color. You they they change the terms all the time so that they can catch out anybody who's not right at the avant-garde with. Them. They love it's just acronyms, some, it's, don't they? It's amazing
2: they? to yeah, me. Yeah, we keep a running list of the LGBTQIA+ plus plus T U V
0: because it keeps changing. It is it does change. <laughs> Damn things starting to look like an eye chart now. It's, it's just amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's so first off, let me ask a question, Scott. Are Scott. are are entrepreneurs the only institute that hasn't been destroyed yet?
1: Well, I mean, we're certainly at my organization, the Free Enterprise Project. We're fighting back to try to save corporations, and we are. <clears throat> I think we're having some success, and I think some uh, some some better run states are getting involved. And you know, next time we see a change of tenure in wa- tenure in Washington, we'll see a lot of of legal pushback against these corporations because, as you say, they do have these legal fiduciary duties, and they can be enforced. If we have non-corrupt people in in uh, judicial departments that are willing to enforce them, um, but but yeah, I think that almost every single uh, institutional height in this country has been taken over by the left.
0: So let me let me put this in perspective for our audience. If you have a retirement plan, you're probably being handled by Vanguard or BlackRock.
2: If you're not actively yep. looking.
0: Yeah. If you're not actively looking, that's, that's who's got your plan because somebody who's in control of your retirement has put it with BlackRock or with Vanguard. <clears throat> so you have no control over that. You can't pull out of it, I guess. Uh, the other thing is there is one show left that really does encourage entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit. And it's a good show. It's a show that actually uh, Mark thought about. And we pitched it to NBC, and then remarkably cool later on, yeah, a week maybe, later, literally a week later, NBC came up with a thing called Shark Tank. And Shark Tank—if you watch Shark Tank—you're you're looking at about four or five entrepreneurs all the time, looking at businesses from a critical point of view as to whether they want to invest in that or not. So that's the only show that I can think of that promotes that, that promotes on, on entrepreneurialship.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think Mike Rowe, doesn't he have a show Rowe, yes. something about hard jobs or well, dirty jobs? jobs?
0: Yep. Yeah, dirty. Legit, yeah, dirty legit, too. Yeah, dirty jobs, right?
1: So, but yeah, I mean, and it goes back to the, what you all started with with the writer's strike and everything. The 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 reason that Hollywood is failing is not because people don't like to watch good stories anymore. The reason that Hollywood is failing is because Hollywood doesn't tell any good stories at all. I mean, in fact, as you as you were mentioning with the uh, the Caviezel piece, they bury the ones that tell interesting new good stories because it doesn't fit their, their hard left Everybody. narrative.
2: Yeah, that movie, by the way, Chuck, is five years old. Really? Disney's had
0: it. You're talking about the one you uh Freedom?
2: Sound of Freedom. That movie's been sitting on a shelf for five years <clears throat> in a Disney well, vault. Angel, Angel... Entertainment had to buy it back from Disney to get it out. Lots of hoops. They left that thing on a shelf and wasn't even going to let it be seen. So who,
0: who was the director of The Godfather? What's his name? Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah. No, no, he didn't direct Godfather. Wasn't Scorsese. Oh, oh shoot. Uh, Capella. No, no. Oh, you got to come up with his Coppola. name. Yeah, Coppola? Coppola? Coppola, okay, Coppola. Coppola wrote a piece, just to get into this a little bit deeper, wrote a piece when he was 21... 21- 20, 21 years old. And it sat on the shelf of Paramount for a long, long time. Uh, the It was called Patton. And the reason they didn't want to put it out was they hated the opening, where they had this giant American flag, and Patton is addressing the troops before going into battle. And Paramount hated it. Of course, everybody loved the movie when it came out. But, I, I mean, it's just amazing there, you don't you just it's hard to uh, get your mind around that people in hollywood people who entertain you whose job is to entertain you and to make money they hate this country they just hate it they do hate
2: the country and, and it's
0: easy to see where the country's at i think first we have and everything that we, we do is a threat to democracy when in fact it's just the opposite And you just hope that people can see this. I I always say, because I do believe this, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box. I know that. But I am informed, and I try to stay informed. I can't believe that people don't know as much as I do. So I've come up with a a technique that I use on Twitter when
2: people attack me for my conservative views. Mm -hmm. I will say, do you love America or hate America? They will say, I love America. And then my next question will be, do you believe that the Constitution of the United States is the law of the land and should be strictly and strictly adhered to and enforced as it is written? And the answer is always no.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Because they do not. That's not insurrection. Supporting the Constitution, insurrection. Tearing it down, that's the defense of freedom because you know speaking of insurrection this
0: insurrection on January 6th was it an insurrection because no one has been uh people have been put in jail for everything and accused of everything but no one has been uh uh you know accused of, of insurrection in a court that i'm aware of have they anybody no i
1: don't i don't think i don't think they have because it wasn't an insurrection so <laughs> well no i mean the the summer of riots looked a lot more like a sustained, of course it did, uh, uh, objection to constituted authority, um, tearing down the systems of government, insurrection than wandering around inside of velvet ropes, dressed like an imbecile for a day. You
2: are you are trying to conflate the the mostly peaceful summer of love.
0: That's right. That's right. I can still see Ali Velshi standing in front of a burning building thing. It's mostly peaceful.
2: (laughs) Here's kind of what I've been trying to explain to people. If you want to know where the mood of the nation is at, all you need to do is follow the migration patterns within the country. And I have really looked into this. If you look at the migration patterns in the U.S., the migration is leaving blue states and moving to red states. That is the migration pattern. You do not. Yeah,
1: but like Colorado, too often it vote like they did in the blue states. That's
2: true. Agreed. But if, but you can still look and see, people are exiting places that are run heavily by democrats and they're moving to places that are run by republicans the migration is clear they're leaving new york chicago michigan ohio and going to florida they're leaving california and washington and oregon and heading to texas and utah and idaho and south dakota they're moving away from the control and moving to where there's less control
1: yeah, well, and to to connect that to a, an earlier point of yours, Chuck is, uh, you know, I don't think most Americans know what ESG stands for per se, but I no. think this spring shows that they're starting to get it, and what they're getting is that these companies continually hire people who hate them personally. Mm-hmm. Right? It oh, wasn't the uh, with Bud Light. It wasn't the fact that they made some some uh, special cans with. That dude's exactly. Case. It's that that woman came at the the head of Bud Light, the head of brand, the head of marketing came out and said, "We hate our customers. Right? We need to make She's the brand one it. And So everybody who drinks it thought, "All right, well, you know, fill in the blanks," and and left. And there, I don't think they're ever coming back. And the people who who uh, uh, have stopped shopping at Target. Didn't do it because there hap- if there had been somewhere in the back of the store and there happened to be some some one-piece bathing suit built for dudes, that's nobody... The, the
2: tuck-and-roll tuck models.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't have caused a <laughs> mass when tuck-and-roll
2: was what you did when you were on fire? <laughs> now, that, Now it's what you still, do when you put on your girl's bathing suit when you're a guy. Now you, you get the tuck-and-roll model.
1: In a certain interpretation, that still made, that still works. <laughs>
2: hey, everybody. I want to take a minute to tell you about a product called Daily Zen. With, uh, with everything that goes on in the news today, um, guess what happens? We have something called a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. All of this craziness going on drives our parasympathetic nervous system. And that means, to put it plain, we're in this fight-or-flight mode all the time. Well, we need to get out of that. And things like meditation help and the right nutrition helps. And sometimes what helps is just turning the news off. Well, I want to tell you about a product. It's from Vitalia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A, life.com. It's called Daily Zen. Now, this is, and as you guys know, if you listen to this show, I'm, I'm really into longevity and really understand uh, a, good pra- a great knowledge of nutrition, to be honest with you. The formula, the blend on this stuff is amazing of what's in it. It is a great formula. Now, what this will do for you, just so you understand, this will act as an anti-inflammatory which our bodies become very inflamed from all the stress. It reduces that stress and it increases, it will help increase serotonin. And why do you want to do that? Because serotonin will make you feel better. So this is called Daily Zen. And I hope you'll try it out and I hope you'll let us know how it goes for you. It's Vitalia Life. Go to BluntForceTruth.com, look in the show notes. You'll find a link there to it. Use the uh, discount code BFT, like Blunt Force Truth. Get 10% off or sign up for the the subscription. And I think you get your first month for free. Go get it. You're going to love this stuff. And if there's ever a time in history that we need something to zen us out, it is right freaking now. So good luck with it. Thanks. scott i want to i want to ask you a legal question since you are an attorney and legal scholar uh and you can explain what i'm talking about for people why are not people find filing derivative actions against these people or are there derivative actions being filed and we're not hearing about it
0: okay hold on just a minute folks hold on just a minute let's explain what derivative i'm going to let him do that oh okay thank
1: you all right so a derivative action, a derivative shareholder suit is when somebody who owns shares in a company essentially steps into the shoes of the corporation itself to sue the directors and the executives, saying, you directors and executives have violated your fiduciary duties, you violated the law, you've hurt the value of the company in, in violation of your obligations to us as shareholders. So you don't get to be the corporation anymore. For the purposes of this suit, we're the corporation blaming you for misusing the corporation and I don't know if you did this on purpose, setting me up to toot my own horn and the free enterprise projects horn, but we've got a couple of these. Though. You do. We're okay. suing. We're suing Starbucks directors and executives That's that's, that's because of their uh, their um, uh, racial discrimination programs. Yeah, they're they're discriminating by race and ethnicity in obviously illegal ways, and so we're suing them. If you want to do a shareholder derivative suit, the first thing you have to do is send a demand letter to the corporation, give them a chance to get right with their duties. And so we've sent those demand letters to a, a number of other companies, including McDonald's, Pfizer, Novartis, for their discriminatory programs. Mm-hmm. And then we've recently sent one to Target for uh and, and again, it's not the it's not the tuck, it's not the tuck and roll. It's the amongst other things given 50 million dollars worth of shareholder assets to listen an organization that spends those assets to teach teachers how to hide from parents the gender dysphoria problems that the schools themselves have created in their children that's that's no way to spend shareholder assets and the collapse in uh in targets uh, uh um, share value once that all became public is is the illustration so we're finally starting that and I expect, uh, Mark, I think I think what's going to happen is um, not necessarily us because we're a nonprofit, but somebody is going to file one of these suits, maybe following us. And they and their lawyers are going to get lots of guilt out of it. They're going to get a big settlement. And then every lawyer in the country, no matter how left they are, because you know what lawyers are like. They're going
2: to be my question. Why are we so, Chuck, let me let me expand on a little bit more in a derivative action. As a shareholder of the company, I actually, not only do I charge the officers with misconduct and breaking their fiduciary responsibility, but as Scott was saying, I actually take the place of management. So in my lawsuit, I say, okay, I, the, the person filing the lawsuit, I'm speaking for the company now and here's the risk of it. When you lose a derivative action you can throw the you can throw management out you can eject them so i mean it's an expensive process derivative actions are very complicated lawsuits but my question to scott is if we started getting these things rolling this could become like a snowball effect where we could scare to put it plain we could scare these directors and scare these executives down that i'm going to lose my job i'm going to lose my place in this company
1: Yeah, I I think there's a good deal of that coming. And I think it's coming from a lot of angles. Uh, A series of attorney, a number of attorney generals sent um, some corporations that were discriminating in the name of equity a letter saying, look, this is this is crazy illegal. If you discriminate for what you think is a good reason, you're still violating the law and you're violating state laws, too. And we're going to come after you. And, you know, I uh, we had a shareholder proposal at BlackRock um, this past year about discrimination on the basis in the name of equity and one of the things you get a few minutes to make a statement to the ceo to the board of directors if you have a shareholder proposal on a ballot and i used ours to among other things i told larry think i said you know the last couple of years you've been talking endlessly about you're forcing behaviors on corporations and one of the two that you're forcing is equity which means what we were talking about earlier discrimination now on illegal bases this year you didn't do that. Was that because somebody in your legal department finally explained to you that forcing others to discriminate, whether it's in the name of equity or not, against civil rights, is a is a violation, is a, is a combination to, to uh, violate American civil rights and it's a federal felony? So, you know, if we had a non-corrupt Justice Department, Larry Fink might be under criminal investigation. right?
0: Well, it's interesting that uh We've gone through this whole anti-discriminatory situation in our history of our country where black people felt like they were being discriminated against Indians and uh, all minority groups. So now the ones being discriminated against are the majority, white. And that seems to be okay with everybody.
1: So since you're the majority,
0: we can can discriminate against you any, any way we want, anytime we want, because you deserve it.
1: It is astonishing the number of people who it turns out didn't mind discrimination at all. They just wanted to be the discriminator. Mm-hmm.
2: So here's an idea for you guys. I'm always I'm very entrepreneurial, as you will get to know, Scott. So I just had an idea for a new business model. <clears throat> what if we started a crowdsourcing fund where people could instead of investing in companies, they could invest in the fund that files derivative actions against corporations? <laughs>
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, in a sense, you already got that because we're a nonprofit. You can donate to us, you can donate to the law firm that represent us, re- represents well, there us represents
0: us That answers <laughs> that question.
2: Well, I'm thinking though, from from a standpoint of people getting a return on their investment, could they actually invest I, uh, in a fund that file that is that
1: its purpose is filing derivative actions? Now you're you're asking me to remember things from the late nineties when I was in law school. And so this will be hazy, but I think that's expressly forbidden. So as one can't sell shares in a lawsuit to get part of the return, and it's of course it's expressly forbidden because you know all of law is a cartel. The uh, the that 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 you have to pass the bar to even write the basics of a will. It's all a cartel to try to keep prices uh, prices high. Only now they've run up against the fact that in order to uh, in order to make sure that they get the diversity they want in the law, they're they're having to make bar exams so easy that everybody can pass them. So that's 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 some problem they're s- storing up for themselves in the future.
2: So who is uh, so who are you going to be filing derivative actions against? Let's let's or likely to be.
1: Well, of, of course, you know, as shareholders, we hope that the corporate executives will get it right, so we don't have to file suit. But we know they're not. But, that's right. But as, uh, let's see. We've got demand letters out with McDonald's and Novartis. You wouldn't think McDonald's, uh, a down-home company, would be a racial discriminator. It is. Uh, Novartis, Pfizer, um, oh, five or six others, uh, where we already have letters out.
2: Are you going after um, Target or or a, uh, Inbev? Inbev or well, Inbev?
1: Target, Target, we're going after because of its uh, hopping in bed with these uh, these far-left. Uh, alphabet organizations that are trying to ruin children's lives, which, you know, Target mostly is a place for middle-class moms to shop.
0: That's right.
1: It's giving its money, shareholder assets, to organizations that are trying to make sure that those middle-class moms don't know what's going on with their kids in the school. What what greater violation of fiduciary duty could there be? So we expect that one might well end up in court as well. So uh, And then, then we'll see whom else we go after so matt let's make sure we have a
2: link in the show notes today okay. where people can go and donate money to free enterprise project because we need to raise money for the free Enter- enterprise project so that they can go out and file these derivative actions because i'm going to tell you folks the only way we're going to bring this to a stop there's only two things we can do to bring this to a stop we have to stop spending money at these businesses yep. and two we have to take the executives that are doing the crazy stuff and put them at risk and the way to put them at risk is to file derivative actions where if they lose, they lose their jobs. They lose control of their companies.
1: Well, and Mark, if you don't mind, if I could add a thought to that, when you stop, when your 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 viewers, your listeners, when anybody stops shopping in a company, doing business with a company, make sure to let them know why and talk directly to the lowest the, the, the closest to you person who has some kind of um uh, uh some kind of of skin in the game, right? If you stop uh, uh, shopping at the local Target, tell that local manager. If you stop going to the local McDonald's, tell that franchisee owner. Because if you call headquarters, you're yeah, gonna get you. yeah. you're gonna get nowhere. But if everybody lets their local McDonald's franchisee know, look, you're losing my business, and you're losing it permanently until McDonald's. Uh, not only stops discriminating, but actively opposes discrimination on the basis of Let me of ask you
0: something. This is news to me. What has McDonald's done? I, I, I'm not even aware of this.
1: Well, we've got – so there's there's a model. Starbucks is following – I can't remember if McDonald's is following this one, but one of the things they do is they um, have racial quotas for employees and for, for hiring and promoting employees and for um, hiring and promoting suppliers. So this is just or, what
0: we got rid of in colleges, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And uh, and that decision was about education rather than about um, uh, corporations. But businesses have less space before that decision had even less space to uh, discriminate than than, uh, schools did. So there's not much question that setting and they call them they call them goals instead of quotas. Mm. And they but they pay they pay their employees more if they hit those goals. And so it's just discrimination. And that case makes it very clear that the courts are not going to permit, uh, you know, easily seen through dodges in order to, to just wave away discrimination, they're going to be on top of it. So these companies are in trouble. We have to what what is what's the end goal? What
2: is the end goal of of corporate America? And, and again, I want people to understand there is a huge difference between publicly held institutional businesses and entrepreneurial companies so do not yep. confuse the two when you look at an elon musk you're looking at an entrepreneur you're not looking at a corporate executive which is why they hate him
0: yeah right
2: they absolutely hate the guy he was their he was their hero when he was building electric cars now that he bought twitter he's, he's an enemy of the state so yep. what's the end goal Scott what is it, is it is it do they want to institute Marxism
1: in America? I mean where, where are they trying to get to? well certainly the equity people, the Dei people want to institute Marxism but a lot of these companies when the left started pushing on them let, let me stop
0: ago, you let me stop you right there. why? why do they want to institute, institute Marxism? Is it to their advantage um,
1: money-wise
0: uh,
1: what's what's well I mean, the goal. Are, what's, what's the reason? Those people aren't primarily the, the corporate executives. Those are the the people in the um, in the schools in higher education who came up with equity theory, um, the the ones who who all the way back to the Frankfurt School have been absolutely convinced that capitalism is the 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 uh, mark of Cain, and refused to so learn. For any uh,
0: folks out there that don't know what the Frankfurt School is, uh, this was politically correct back in the second world war prior to the second world war they had to move because they were all communists and the fascists hated them so they had to move so they moved you know where they moved? why does all this stuff come out of germany yeah where did they move (laughs) they moved to columbia university in in new york city that's where the that's where the old uh frankfurt school ended up where all all barack obama and everybody else went to school Why does
2: all this philosophy come out of germany i mean geez doesn't it seem that way
1: yeah, Germany makes more philosophy than it can uh, than it can absorb. Just way just the way the Balkans make more history than they can right. absorb.
2: <laughs> so, so Germany exports philosophy. <laughs> that's right. So so the right. goal then so the goal is not to make money. The goal is not to create value. The goal is to institute Marxism in America.
1: Well, that's the that's the educators. That's the people and they what they're the ones who started this push on corporations. And so for a long time, the corporate executives weren't paying much attention. The right wasn't pushing them at all. The left was pushing them to do stupid things. And it was easier for them just to give in a little each year to the left, right? And so they gave in a little more and a little more. And eventually that became hiring people who uh, agreed with these left-wing positions. And so then you got some true believers at the, the top of these companies. But but what it's what's really pushing it now is... You've got the World Economic Forum, right, that has been talking about stakeholder capitalism for 50 years. And what stakeholder capitalism means to the people who go to the World Economic Forum is a sort of neo-feudalism, where they get to decide how the rest of us will live. They, the, the rules aren't going to apply to them. They're not going to cut their par- carbon footprint. Fr- They're not going to move into apartments from their mansions. But how the rest of us are going to live. And, and and do it in a, from a position in which they neither have to be elected or appointed to anything. So they're so, just tyrants. They're just basic tyrants. Yeah, they just they they want to be a global class of nobility, telling the rest of us what to do from from Davos and from wherever they meet. And they, I mean, this past uh, the, the Latin, the most recent time they met in China, and you know, um, the Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, said. You know the Chinese model really has a lot to offer a lot of countries, and we have to be careful about forcing governmental change on country. You didn't say we can't force governmental change on country to make it, to give it the Chinese model. So we have to be careful and thoughtful about that. Well, I mean, right there you have you have what the what they want. They want to run the world and and uh, constrain the rest of us to small, carbon reduced, uh, uh, uh. Uh, lives without without uh, the opportunity to strive the way they did,
0: and climate change is almost the basis, the foundation of all of this, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh well, that's the excuse.
0: Well, I that's mean, what I mean?
1: The uh, the if if people have at the World Economic Forum because of course have already started talking about climate lockdown. Oh
2: yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. And this is how we end up with people in jobs that aren't qualified because. <clears throat> Instead of hiring people for qualifications, we hire people because of the boxes they check. So this is how we get so to my ear in, in Kenji Brown, who literally don't have the qualifications to you know to be a judge in the miss you know, twenty twenty three moonshine festival. Let alone being sitting on the
0: Supreme <laughs> Court, the Miss Twenty Twenty moonshot. Where did you come? At? Where did you pull that out of? I have no um, idea where that came funny. from.
2: <laughs> but seriously, I wouldn't even put them to judge that. Let alone put them on the Supreme Court.
1: Well, and it's it's not just those though, because you look at companies that now Larry Fink built his own company, but he's got such illusions of of omnipotence and grandeur that he's an exception. But most of the time, when the people who run a company are the people who founded it, they are solid about that company. They're not about getting into politics. They're certainly not about getting into left-wing politics. That was that was uh, Walmart for many years when the, the first Waltons were in, in charge. Once that generation is passed, you get people who came out of Wharton and don't know anything about Hard scrabble work. Don't know anything about building a company. Brian Moynihan at Bank of America didn't have any. He didn't help build Bank of America. He is a f- fully a creature of uh, um, too big to fail and and relationships with government. And So he runs Bank of America. He he talks at the World Economic Forum and he says, "Well, we know what the world wants from us." And it turns out what the world wants from Bank of America is his own personal hard left wing politics. And lo and behold, that's how. It, I mean, it's a too big to fail bank, so all American taxpayers backstop it, not just left wingers. But he gets to listen to the world, and they and do his his uh, personal politics. So what the? It's not just it's not just equity hiring. It's also this, you know, you get away from the entrepreneurs, the hard workers, and you get these business school, or or law school, uh, you know, stuff shirts running things. And then and then the drift to the left really starts.
2: It, it, is, it is unbelievable
0: what is happening. You know, I'm listening folks, you I don't have... want any part of ESG. You don't want any part of it, believe me. If your money is there, get it out. Yeah, pull if your you money can. out of these places. If you can, you know, get it out right of there. Now,
2: by the way, right now you can you can buy some notes and treasuries and actually get a pretty good return without being involved in these places I've gotten to the point Chuck I don't invest in I have very little money in anything that's a public company because if I'm gonna invest in something I'm gonna invest in something I run and that's where people need to be looking at is how do you invest in yourself instead of investing in these people because you're literally handing these people your money for them to go and execute on their vision with with your money uh i want to switch gears for a minute and see if you've got a legal opinion on this supreme court knocked down the uh the free college tuition so biden of course immediately come up with a new free college tuition yes. have you looked at this yet and is that going to pass muster or is that just going to be rejected again by the supreme court
1: i i haven't looked at it again but i've looked at a lot of what this administration does and i can say that uh, you you have to uh, uh, approach anything that the Biden administration does with an assumption of illegality, with an assumption that what it's doing is not uh, within the remit of the laws of the United States or within uh, within uh, appropriate regulation. So I have an, I have an opinion on
0: this. What they're doing. Let me tell you what my opinion on this is. They do these illegal things, saying they're helping people, and then they get shot down by the Supreme Court, and they blame the Supreme Court. Because it was illegal to begin with, but that doesn't really register. It only registered they took it away from you, what I was trying to give you.
2: Yeah, this new model of giving away the free money, I'm going to give them credit that it's more clever than the first one. So obviously they you know brought in some people smarter than Joe Biden, I'm assuming Hunter, because he's the smartest man that Joe knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he said it, not me. Uh, So do you understand what they're doing with this thing, Chuck? So what they're saying is there are some laws on the book that say that if you go a certain period of time with your student loans and you're not paid off, you can request a forgiveness. Uh So what they're now saying is there's millions and millions of people out there who qualified for forgiveness and they didn't know to ask. So the federal government's going to come in and they're going to ask for you. Now what I suspect is going to happen is they're going to twist all of the laws that constitute getting into a forgiveness window. That's how they're going to accomplish this. Because they're going to say they're going to say that the bureaucrats have the authority to interpret what the duration is, what the period is. I think that's how they're going to go about this. Does that make any sense to you Scott?
1: It does. I think that they're running uh, running a big risk there because this this administration does that so often, violates the obvious uh, uh, limits of the law or the regulation so often. There's a doctrine um, called the Chevron doctrine that's yeah. been set for forty years. Uh, courts have given deference to agencies' interpretations of their own regulations, their own statutes, their own their own authority. Well, that's I mean, that's that's uh, given the bank robber the keys, right? Because what people who are in government want to do is control other people's lives more. And so anytime you let them interpret how much power they have, they're always going to say they have more power. So it's been a, an effort on the right to knock down Chevron and take that that one-way ratchet away from these, uh, these uh, um, agencies. And this administration is behaving so lawlessly that I think we might... I mean, knock wood and no, all, but I think we might see that in the next year or two.
2: Yeah, people focus on the Roe v. Wade decision, which was not a far right wing decision. Roe v. Wade was decided wrong, even uh, Ginsburg said it was decided wrong. Yeah. But the most, imp- I think, the most important case that the Supreme Court has actually heard is the case on the EPA, and that's the yeah. one that people don't hear about. And what they did with the EPA is essentially the court said that the epa didn't have the ability to create laws within their own organization that congress had the power to create laws because the epa was essentially just creating laws the bureaucrats were creating the laws i think that's what's going to have to happen within the department of education they're going to have to go create new laws inside the department of education to execute on biden's free money giveaway. Here's the other part that they keep saying, folks, and I want everybody to understand this. They keep saying, think about how this will help the economy when these people no longer have to make their their loan payments and instead can go start a business or go out to dinner or have a vacation or buy a new car. That's called hyperinflation. That's exactly what they're doing. By giving away all this money... That's printing more money and dumping it on the economy, which means more dollars chasing fewer goods and services, which means more inflation. Biden is literally promoting that he wants more inflation by giving this money away. I mean, isn't that correct, guys?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, money money is money. The idea that if we spend it in one way, then it's it's brand new money. But if we spend it in another way, like, say, servicing our national debt or paying for the things the government spends money on, then it, it's not money. That the only way it can be real money is if it's spent by, you know, certain favored groups. It's just gibberish.
2: How do how, in your opinion, and in the free enterprise project, what is the long term picture for U.S. debt? Now, by the way, I want everybody to know. Joe Biden has already cut the deficit by a trillion and a half dollars.
0: Well, even the Washington Post said there was an endless, bottomless pit of lies. (laughs) Well, let me tell you how that works, folks. Here's
2: how Joe Biden cut it. The way Joe Biden cut one and a half trillion was by by giving himself credit for COVID money that hasn't been spent yet. And he's calling that, I reduce the deficit. This would be the same as you saying, we didn't go buy a Gucci handbag today, therefore we reduced our family indebtedness by $3,000, because we did not buy a Gucci handbag. That That is Joe's interpretation of, I cut the deficit by a trillion and a half because I didn't spend something. That's not how economics work. Now, getting back to the big picture, we're, we're over thirty trillion dollars now. We're, Thirty-two. We've blown past the GDP. We do know our friends in Japan have demonstrated for us that you can go past your debt being the GDP and still stay afloat. But where does this break, and when it breaks, what does it look like, and what happens? How do we fix it?
1: Well, I mean, it's complicated for the U.S. because was it De Gaulle who said 40, 50 years ago that. Uh, the dollar being the world currency gives us an exorbitant privilege. And one of the privileges we had uh in the in the 70s, for instance, was to export a lot of our inflation and export a lot of our stupid economic ideas. Well, that works until it doesn't. And you see the BRIC countries, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, I think, and some others starting to talk about forming their own currency. A, a challenger currency to the dollar and i think that once there's a a reliable challenger to the to the dollar as long as there's not we can get away with almost anything because we're the world reserve currency but as soon as there's a challenger and there will be when when we're making these terrible terrible economic decisions uh as soon as there's a a reliable challenger all hell's going to break loose
2: and what happens do we just turn into a third world country do we turn into you know, like Mexico years ago or Weimar Republic? What do we end up looking like?
1: Well, I mean, the 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 pound was the world currency right up until the beginning of World War II. And then we kind of, you know, we got through the war. And after the war, the dollar was the currency. And two, two things that Britain did in 1945 that we seem to be trying as hard as we can to do. They lost their, their world reserve status and they elected a socialist government. And so they ruined their productivity and they didn't have uh, um, they didn't have World Reserve status anymore. And Britain, between 1945 and Mr. Thatcher's election was an economic basket case. The IMF had to come bail Britain out. So I think that's our future if we keep down this path.
2: Well, that'd be different because we've never had any countries raise money to send us cash.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure they'll line up to do it.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we've covered a lot of territory here today. I tell you, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You are yep. definitely a friend of our show, and we appreciate it very much. Are there any show notes that you want to get to, Mark?
2: Well, let's make sure that we have uh, links to um, the Free Enterprise Project. Yep, I got Free Enterprise Project, all the bio on Scott, and I've also got a Wikipedia link for the Frankfurt School if anybody wants to learn about that. Very good. The Frankfurt School, one of Chuck's favorite topics. Uh, well, Chuck yeah. just loves the Frankfurt School.
0: It's not in Frankfurt anymore. It's like we're not in Kansas anymore.
2: No, but we do yeah. keep bringing in stuff from Germany, even, even Klaus Schwab himself.
0: I know. It's just amazing. I don't. Well, thank you. Again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you did, leave us a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast One. We'd appreciate that. And we'll see you next time on Blunt Force Truth.